Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hi, Hello Universe listeners. It's Eva here. Welcome back to another episode. Um, I'm so excited you guys are here because this week we are talking to two of my favorite people. We have Kylie, of course, Forever BFF. And we are rejoined by Federico Petrelli, um, another good friend of mine who I've had the opportunity to get to know through our two-year meditation teacher's training. So uh, Federico is amazing. He was on the show last year. We had to come and have him back because he blew us away. Um, To give you an inside look at his story, part of his story in any way, um, he was diagnosed with dystonia. So it was an automatic... autonomic nervous system disease where he was unable to walk, speak, or chew um, because of intense dystonic spasms. And so he talks about this more in the first episode about how he blended a lot of sort of his own work along with psilocybin, but a lot of like needing to figure it out himself and coming into trusting his body and reworking and rewiring his nervous system also through meditation he talks a lot about that more in the, his first episode. So if you're interested in, you know, not even just about like chronic illness, but just about like the pos- possibility of what's, or the po- what's possible, I think, when we develop the skillfulness to retrain our nervous system, like it's pretty incredible. Um, so you can check that out for his first episode. This week, we talk a lot, It's it's a lot of, we're diving even deeper into the body, um, I actually had him come on here because I had some personal questions I wanted to help. I wanted him to help me answer. And not surprisingly, once we got started, we just sort of like ended up having a beautiful heart opening, conscious, conscious expanding <laughs> conversation. So, um, I hope you all enjoy before we dig in. There are a couple things that Kylie and I want to share with you about what's going on in our business. Um, so I want to share with you flow right now. Um, doors are not yet open. I'm gathering people to join the wait list or the early bird list. And you can find that link, um, in the show notes, but flow is my sacred program about healing our relationship with productivity, (laughs) which is, I think for many of us, a huge portal into spiritual liberation, because I mean, when you think about it, so much of the backdrop of our life is based on like, what are we doing? We're constantly thinking about how am I using my time? What do I need to get done? Am I being productive? Um, it's, it's just, it's actually all consuming. I think to be clear, not everyone struggles with this. I know personally, some people who really don't have this problem. They're, they're very much in a flow, meaning they don't get their worth from how much they do. They don't have a, a tense relationship with feeling like they need to get things done on their on their to do list. Like there's they're truly chilling and they're at peace. And there's there's they don't have this um, what I call sort of like a hyper vigilantness about them. <laughs> Maybe because their trauma didn't ignite this within them. <laughs> uh, however. 
I don't think all of us are that lucky. Um, there are so many reasons why we have contentious relationships with doing and productivity and achievement and for reasons that we don't always expect, right? I mean, the obvious one is that many of us have really big goals and we want to get a lot of shit done. And so there's a lot of pressure and intensity, uh, to get to where we want to be. And oftentimes though, that's driven by a lot of, um, self-worth issues, uh, feeling insecure, needing to prove ourselves. And so we end up working in a very, uh, sort of self-conscious kind of way. Like we need to force rather than be in our power. Um, but for me personally, there was also, I mean, there was that, but there was also chronic fatigue and chronic, um, physical issues. And sometimes there's also just like, what if we're experiencing trauma in our life or something really difficult and we are put up against this difficult position that I find so many people in that are like, ah, I have this difficult thing going on in my life, or maybe I'm sick and I'm ill and I can't do all the things that I need to do. And I feel really bad about that. And I'm like totally overwhelmed. And then we do this really toxic song and dance of like, let me force myself to do something. And then, and then I can't really do it. And then I feel really bad about myself and there's judgment and criticism and self-hate. Um, I mean, anyone who's ever like struggled with procrastination, people, you know, like maybe you have, maybe you're in school and you're getting your master's degree or your PhD and like all of this just seems overwhelming. And then you end up procrastinating (laughs) because you're overwhelmed. Um, and it just becomes sort of like this messy relationship that we have, uh, with time with ourselves and there's a lot of suffering there. So if you can relate to any of this, if you're like, if you're someone who's just like, I know that there's a better way, like you are ready to actually divest from capitalism because you know that this way of being isn't actually serving you and isn't actually efficient either. I mean, I I can get on my soapbox about that either. Like noticing that these, these systems in which we are this push pull isn't actually making us more productive and it isn't actually like helping us be like, I guess you could say in flow, we're actually wasting a lot of our precious resources, wasting our time and our energy and our emotional bandwidth. Um, and if you are like, you can kind of, the veil has been lifted a little bit and you're like, I understand like this isn't the way, but you're not exactly sure yet how to get out of it. And you want the, the examples of, okay, yeah, this is possible. Can I, can I actually live the way that I want to? And trust myself, trust something bigger than myself and still have all of my needs met. Like that's really what it really comes down to. Like the reason we hustle so much or get into burnout mode is because we're desperate to get something. We're trying to make ourselves feel safe and we're desperate to get our needs met. And the answer really is like, wait, what if I learned how to cultivate safety within me first? (laughs) What if I could do that? Just then what could I do? Like imagine what kind of work and, and like how, like a space in which you could be living from, if actually that safety could come with from within and you knew how to cultivate that, then you could just kind of like work as you'd like. And actually when you work as you'd like, you, you become more creative, more inspired, more productive because productivity isn't a bad thing here, by the way, just want to say, I love being productive, but it's about our relationship to it. So if this is something that you're interested in, um, this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. I am so excited to be able to share this program with all of you. Um, I don't know the release date yet, but get on that wait list. Anyone who's on the wait list um, will be notified of early bird specials and bonuses and all the good stuff. So 
find that um, in the link in the bio or just DM me and we can have a chat. All right. As for Kylie, I'm also super excited. We're both working on projects that we feel really excited about. And I am personally very invested in this project that Kylie is working on because I am like her ideal client. <laughs> um, Kylie is uh, working on a program called Sovereign. So <laughs> it's a business program for people who like me um, want to do business but have a really hard time getting stuck in all the quote unquote right ways to do things and all the like the three-step strategy of like, this is definitely going to make you yeah, make this much money or bring you this much success. And it actually starts to feel unaligned and maybe kind of gimmicky and inauthentic and gross or overwhelming. Um, anyone who is a business owner, uh, if uh, chances are maybe you've signed up for some like very um, masculine energy type program that was like, this is what you need to do. And, and if you just follow these rules, like you will totally be successful. And then you did the program and it totally didn't work. And then you were like, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> right. Kylie here is, is here to help you with all of that because she has so much business experience and sales experience. That's very, um, that's rooted in, I think the business world, and rooted in strategy, but then she's also going to come in and help you, uh, come into your own power and your own body and your own sovereignty, your own knowing so that you can like take the rules that everyone's like, this is how you do it. And then, uh, break the rules so that you can do it in your own way. Right. So we kind of talked about Kylie and I behind the scenes. Like I was like, it would be really great if you could teach people how, what the rules of the game are, because I truly believe that you don't, if like, you have to learn the rules first so that you can be like, oh, now I get it. Now I get how this game is played. And then let me go in and fuck shit up and do it my own way <laughs> because I get it now, but I can also improve upon it or at least just individualize it. So it makes sense to me. Right. Um, so that's what Sovereign's all about. I think it's a much needed program. It's a, probably a really wonderful combination of people who are like, I want the practicality of business. I want to understand like, what, why, what, what works in sales or what's effective in marketing, but I also don't want to have it be so prescriptive that I feel really limited and overwhelmed. And this is a program that I wish was around when I first started my business. So if you are looking for this kind of help, check out Sovereign, DM Kylie, find her on the gram, send her an email, find her in her Facebook, all the ways. Um, so yeah, two very exciting programs y'all for you. Um, if you're in a business owner, I suggest maybe you take both. <laughs> okay. So I already introduced Federico. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Kundalini energy, kind of, sort of, we talk about how nothing is real. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to pinpoint what we really do talk about. Cause it's more like, what, what do we not talk about? I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. And as always, if you hear something that really resonates with you, tag Kylie and I, on the gram, take a screenshot. People have been telling us like they've been taking screenshots of like what's resonating. And so we kind of know like what part's interesting or just join us in the conversation. We love, 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 love hearing from you. Um, and like subscribe, all the things. I know people say that all the time, but that stuff is actually super helpful and leaving a review. All right. Thanks friends. Hi Federico. Welcome back to hell universe. Hi Eva. Hi Kylie. It's so awesome to be back with you guys. I am personally very, very excited because I think these topics today will be 
near and dear to my heart. So um, before we dive in, what's life teaching you right now, Federico? <laughs> hmm. Well, it's teaching me uh, over and over again, I find, um, to trust and um, not to overthink and not to get too attached to outcomes um, and not to try too hard to fix the things that I feel need to be fixed in me, but just trust <laughs> the process and allow wholeness to manifest itself. Cool. That's exactly the theme I've been sitting on all day long. So great timing. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. I was going to say like, this is a forever theme, this idea of trust. And also, yep, I'm also in the same boat of being like, I think basically anytime you are struggling or maybe meeting some type of challenge or up level, uh, trust needs to be an integral, <laughs> integral component or else you can lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You know, I, I summarize it as be curious, be kind and trust. Mm. As long as you do those three things, things happen. Um, mm. And yeah, no need to, to kind of grasp too much at, at what we're looking for, I find. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, the thing that jumped out to, to me as it spoke to me personally today is the not needing to fix and not needing to fix yourself. That's That in particular mm. feels like in this moment, like, what if there was no problem to solve? Like, what if all these broken things were in fact not a problem? And I hate that. And also I hear the wisdom of it. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so Federico, I'm sure all of this will get, you know, interwoven at some point, but um, I particularly wanted to have you back on the show for selfish reasons, because uh, for context listeners, um, if you don't already know, so uh, Federico and I are in our two-year meditation certification program together, and which is almost over, by the way. I can't believe we've been meeting for two years. <laughs> like, I know. I'm going to be so sad when it's over. It's just crazy. Um, and I had this question to the group of like, sometimes I, I notice that when I'm meditating, I will like convulse or shake or sway. And it's like, it, sometimes it can get like really erratic and... I posed the question just being like, I didn't know what I was going to get back. And I was really um, it, like, I don't know, enchanted, I think, with like some of the possibilities of what I was hearing was happening that was shared by Ama, our teacher, who I adore, and also by you, this idea of like, sometimes it's trauma being released in your body. Sometimes, sometimes it's this kundalini energy, which like, I have no idea what kundalini is. <laughs> and I want to talk about that. And so I think... I'm just trying to get us to a segue to talk about all the stuff that I think Federico, you know, so well, which is the body and, you know, energy bodies and, and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if there's a question in there. <laughs> I love, I love the topic. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, so uh, where do you want to start? Well, um, how about I kind of, um, connected perhaps to the previous episode for those who uh, maybe haven't listened to um, the other episode in which uh, um, I uh, was a guest. Yeah, which you um, totally should, by the way, everybody, because it's such a good, such a good one. <laughs> yeah, we had such a good time and such a good connection, the three of us, I think. Um, so yeah, go, go listen to that. Um, but in summary, I um, recovered uh, to a 
remarkable degree from uh, a neurological condition called dystonia, one of several problems. But basically, my nervous system was massively disorganized. I couldn't speak for, um, you know, uh, several years. It became gradually kind of harder and harder uh, to speak, to walk, to chew. Um, and what I had to do to recover was reorganize my nervous system and uh, use neuroplasticity to make that happen. And so one of the ways in which I was able to understand what was happening and um, redirect um, and reorganize what was going on in my body was by tuning into energy. And so energy, you know, is such a, a broad topic and we could go in a, in a million directions, but when it comes to the body and when it comes to healing, um, I think it's really crucial to, um, to kind of be able to, to sense what parts of us are more alive, what parts of us are less alive. Um, and when it comes to spiritual practice, I think that's, um, uh, also really really crucial because you know several spiritual traditions um, tell us that a clean clear flow of energy is something that aids in spiritual realization um, and um, you know seeing things clearly so the body is where you know the spiritual realization and progress and so on all of it happens um, and so let me kind of stop here and kind of hear what you guys uh, think about what I just said. Um, my first thought is what you, what you let your last statement about how the body is where spiritual, spiritual realization happens, I think is very, a very interesting one because I think yes. And you know, I'm, that's something that I'm still, that's still unfolding for me more and more because yeah, I don't know. It's, it's almost hard to explain. Like sometimes an amazing aha moment that feels like it's happening in the brain that feels spiritual. Like you're like, Oh, I'm, this is such a profound realization, a moment of awareness that I'm happening. It feels not of the body for me. It can feel very intellectual, mm. but I do think the transformation happens in, in the body. And I think this is an important point because I don't think I'm alone, right? I, you know, if I were to take a guess in the fact that like a lot of us process information with our mind, with analyzation, with thought. And so I work with a lot of people who are like, who are so disconnected from their body that they don't know that that's this, this idea is foreign to them. And I say that this is a constant unfolding for me because you, I continue to learn this deeper and deeper and deeper. And your body is just like an infinite well of experience. Yeah, uh, you know, it's really interesting what, what you um, said there with uh, the body and the mind. I think one thing that became really apparent to me as I recovered from dystonia and uh, uh, learned to, you know, really tap into what was happening was that even the things that we consider to be intellectual um, or emotional or psychological or what have you, they're actually very material they're very um physical and energetical and um and so 
our emotions live in our nervous system. They live in our chakras. They live in, um, you know, our nerves and axons and dendrites and nerve endings. And, you know, every little bit of us carries uh, the things that we consider to be abstract, right? Um, and what I find over and over working with clients, whether it's clients who have dystonia or not, is that um, the body really carries the memory um, of emotions and uh, past experiences and traumas and and so on. And, um, and their thoughts and the lenses through which they view the world very much are mapped onto their body. Just to give you an example, um, you know, a woman who um, had something called blepharospasm, so a spasm in um, in the eyelid, and um, turns out that she had lost her mother, and she hadn't allowed herself to cry uh, over that loss. And of course, this was one of many factors that played into it, but that's one thing. Or um, again, with the theme of loss, um, someone who's um, heart chakra was really closed. Um, and, you know, the chest also physically was, was really tense and tight. Um, again, because as a child, they were told, uh, you know, you can't, you need to move on. We as a family don't have the space to help you process in this case, the loss of, um, of your mom. Uh, we don't know how to do it. So just go back to school. Um, mm. and so all of this, um, gets translated there and as we grow spiritually and we include more and more of our experience and our uh you know our pain our suffering and we meet it with compassion we meet it in the body and if we don't meet it in the body we're all up in our heads in our control tower thinking that we're you know mm -hmm. uh controlling our our experience with our left brain when when in reality we're kind of Spinning skirting. Up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. mm. So what happens yeah. for you guys when I when I thoughts, say Kylie? You're unusually quiet. I'm, I'm just <laughs> soaking all of this up. <laughs> and I'm watching my own body. Um I think the the thing that I was pondering is this tension around, you know, when you spoke to like clear channel of energy in the body and 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 I feel that very much as someone who for years would joke that I just wanted to be ahead in the jar like my journey is very much about like coming home to my body and realizing it's the place from which I exist go figure <laughs> um and and the like I have like a physical sensation I've spoken to it a number of times on the podcast like of what kind of clarity and spaciousness and I think love feels like in my heart, in my body, when I'm just kind of sitting in that energy. And that's what I thought of as you were speaking of like a clear channel of energy. And one of the things that trips me up um, is wanting to fix when I'm not there mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and wanting to make wrong when I, which of course paradoxically is like the very thing that makes it harder to be there. But um I was just kind of letting simmer this paradox around like there's nothing to fix. And also there is, there is like a process we can go through that creates space and, um, 
I don't know. I don't have a question or a particularly profound observation other than just noting that um, that complexity because it's really familiar and comfortable territory for me to be in fix-it mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, it's quite profound, I find, uh, what, what you said there. Um, and it's, you know, the question that I always had when I started meditating, it was, you know, you're telling me to sit there and observe that everything's fine uh, and that I just need to accept what's there um, and that there's nothing to fix and the moment is perfect and and all of that. And yet, if we all did that, um, nobody would be out there, you know, preparing the world, right? And, and fixing things. Um, and so the answer that I found when it comes to, you know, working on anything, whether it's ourselves or or the world out there is... But there are two ways to to approach the problem. One is I'm trying to do something because I'm trying to get to enough. I'm mm. trying to prove to myself that I'm enough, that I'm good enough. So I'm acting from a place of shame, of deficiency, of you know Back something's and, wrong and with the force. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Versus this is who I am. I believe in this. I mm. believe in creating this space within me. I believe in gifting myself you know, the, this work on my body and um, in coming back to presence out of a place of love and out of a place of alignment. And then I don't see it as like fixing myself because I, you know, um, and that temptation is there for me all the time. But when I'm able to, to switch to that other uh, modality, then I would do this, whatever work it is that I'm doing, whether uh, I knew, you know, that that I can get the result or whether I knew that I couldn't get a result, right? It's about the path. I believe in the path. It doesn't have anything to do with the um, with the end result. And so I find that with energy uh, to kind of loop back to, to that, um, I find that it's beautiful because sometimes it really just happens on its own, this kind of energetic awakening. And it's just about kind of getting out of the way. Um, And, you know, Eva, you were mentioning Kundalini at some point. um, And so many people um, want to make a practice out of, and, you know, there's Kundalini yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So kind of trying to get this um, energy that is coiled at the base of the spine um, to awaken and to travel up um, the the channels of the body and kind of help with the with our uh, spiritual awakening and our understanding of things. And you know, I've worked with people who have tried to do that when they weren't ready, when you know those channels weren't completely clear, when there were blockages, when there were limiting beliefs, when there was trauma and it wasn't released, and it ended up greatly harming them in ways that Western medicine can't really comprehend or help with. Whereas, you know, for me, it kind of, you know, a version of a Kundalini awakening, and and I don't claim to to have had, you know, the the full thing, but, um, you know, a version of that did happen for me. And it happened when I was able to kind of clear my body, um, awaken some of the things that were dormant because of my a disorder because of the anatomical issues that that I had that were uh, kind of blocking things, and so um, 
some of that just just sprung up on its own and so i didn't have to to force it and it, it would have been uh deleterious if if i had mm, yeah okay so let's let's take a a step back because well, I, so i want to actually talk about kundalini energy because i i think you just explained it um and i think i just kind of want to maybe talk more about that too for people who aren't familiar with what it is but i will just say the only context that I have for Kundalini is Kundalini yoga. And I feel like I know a lot of people who like live and swear and die by it. And they're like, it's life-changing. It's like the most amazing thing. And also I have no idea what it is. Um, so yeah. Can you just talk a little bit more about like, I, I mean, you, I think you started, so like to, to my understanding, you're saying it's like a, it's an energy in the body that spirals from the base of your spine upwards and like what it what does that do like is that what people are yeah. when people are in yoga or practicing kundalini is that what they're working towards and why yeah so um first of all i want to preface what i'm going to say um uh, by saying that this is my experience and my lens um on things and that you know there are plenty of people who um are you know very well versed in all the different traditions and how you know different people throughout history have understood and uh, um and uh practiced uh kundalini um and and so on but um in my experience kundalini um is really this kind of vital force um it's something akin to the a vital force that stems from our clearest consciousness some people have described it as, um, you know, the evolutionary force of our consciousness. Uh, so something that helps us, uh, you know, you used the expression earlier, level up. I think that's like really appropriate. Um, that that helps us um, see things more clearly and, um, and not be as stuck in this um, gross realm. Uh, so gross, not in the sense of uh, disgusting, but in the sense of uh, material, physical, and uh, and not subtle. So it helps us move towards um, the more subtle. And, you know, to me, Kundalini is a subtle energy in that it feels like it's um, more subtle, say, than the electricity that travels through our nerves um, and, you know, creates our muscle tone, for example, or that helps us uh, with the physiological functions. This feels like something that is, um, you know, it may have manifestations that involve, you know, the electromagnetic field in the body, but it's something that is a different kind of energy altogether. And so um, maybe it helps if I explain kind of what my experience has been um, with, uh, with Kundalini. And so as a quick summary, the left side of my body was really um, dead, for lack of a better word. It was, um, you know, it lacked muscle tone. It was really hard to use it, whereas the right side was um, extremely hypertonic, spasming all the time, carrying all the electricity, all the more gross energy, so to speak, that wasn't carried by, by the left. Um, and this was in part because as a child, I was... Um, the victim of some um, negligent uh, dental treatments that left me with an open bite on the left. And so my brain, my body just forgot um, this 
left side because there was no contact there. I couldn't use it to chew and speak. And, and so the path of recovery was to begin to reawaken these nerves on the left, starting with the cranial nerves, which are, you know, the most fundamental part um, of, um, um, or at least one of the most fundamental parts of our uh, peripheral nervous system. Um, they're really kind of the way our brain reads the world and finds its place um, in the world and regulates, you know, a number of fundamental functions there. But so as I begin began to awaken these cranial nerves on on the left side, the right side could begin to calm down. And so the two sides of my body began to, to kind of even out. And then as I sat and meditated, I would find exactly what um, you described, uh, Eva, that, you know, my body would just begin to, you know, <laughs> want to move and kind of have a life of its own, right? Yeah, um, he's swaying around for people who are listening. You can yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like a, I almost feel like a tree, like a bush in the wind or something. I just like do a lot of this, like it's, it's, or, or, but honestly, also there's sometimes just like actual vibrating or like, as if I were on a massage chair or something. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us who, who have uh, any kinds of um, nervous system disorders, you might get um, some sort of twitching and kind of involuntary movements, like something, um, you know, like a, you know, almost looks like a, a um, an electric shock. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. Can I also interject another yeah. time that I've seen this, not just with myself, I've heard other people talk about this too, is like before you go to bed, it's a time where there's like a, have you ever heard of this Kylie, like a leg jerk or like a, almost, it's not the same thing as like, you think you're you know, sometimes you have a dream where you think you're flying or you're, you're falling and then you're, you'll jerk. It's that same motion, but it's different. It's more just like, it actually just feels like, yeah, I will just jerk a couple of times every time before I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that, um, that happens a lot. It's, it's, it's very common. Um, and you know, when it happens in, in this kind of spiritual context, um, I think it's, it's really often, an, often a manifestation of, um, this kundalini energy that is trying to rise, right? And, you know, in my case, it happened a few times on, uh, during meditation, and it happened a few times um, when I was um, on mushrooms, which we talked about in um, in the last episode. Um, and And so what that would look like sometimes was that the parts of me that were dormant for um you know years they would just you know go to town and um have you know the time of their lives um just moving shaking twitching and in particular my tongue would would be uh really active especially the left side that that had been dormant for a while mm -hmm. and every time that happened i would find that in the moment and in the weeks following that episode, some sort of spiritual development would, would take place. Mm. And, you know, in the moment, say, I would feel kind of more connected to, to oneness um, or, you know, that, that transcendent love was, was more accessible. And there was a sense of, of wholeness. And, you know, as you said, Kylie, that, you know, I'm, everything's perfect 
in this moment just the way it is and the good the bad it all belongs it's all beautiful it's all you know the way it's supposed to be um and just kind of no resistance and and then you know in the in the weeks that followed i, I would find myself kind of not wanting to fall into the old patterns um anymore and wanting to to level up as you as you say eva um and it's kind of led to to a lot of the transformations that that i've experienced um over the years including you know a process that is still happening um of of me kind of uh trusting my my calling which is to to help perhaps others um you know connect to to this same oneness and connect to um to that same uh, perfection of the present moment mm. yeah I just keep being so quiet in this episode because I feel uh, like I, I, I sometimes use the word swoopy. Like I, your words are feeling like medicine, <laughs> and um, and I, you know, in the way that um, like there's the words and also the words are meaningless, right? I'm just feeling like um, like this conversation feels like medicine in ways that I think I don't fully. Um, I'm not. I don't, I don't think I need to understand. Um, and so, um, if anyone is listening, it's like, what is up with Kylie? Cause she's not being super fucking loud. <laughs> she's characteristically un or uncharacteristically quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what's happening. Um, well, don't worry. Cause I have a million questions, so I can just like, great. I can, <laughs> I can just take, take, do the ask question asking for the both of us. So I think my question then is like, so what is important about this for us to know? And I will preface that by saying one thing that I am taking away, which I think you said, you just briefly touched about upon that I think is so important, is that um, maybe we don't need to do anything. Like you were saying, this wasn't, this isn't. I, I think. What did you say earlier? You said something about it's more of a falling away. Basically, you cleared a path for then this to happen organically, rather than I think what I th I think might be a little bit more dangerous is being like, oh, I'm 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 attached to this i'm searching for this I, I want to experience this type of thing and therefore you force it and then it becomes like you maybe you're not ready for it or you know the irony is like the more we force something or the more attached to it we are like the less it's likely to happen so you know i don't really plan on going in and being like okay i'm gonna go like search for my kundalini energy or anything like that but i am curious like from what you're saying what is important for us to know can, can i Sorry, can I just poke at one thing that you just said, Eva, before mm -hmm. we turn over? Yeah. Which is that I think there is a middle ground around setting intention, mm -hmm. right? Like if this conversation is like resonating with you or anything, right? I think there is something really powerful about the idea of like, I am setting my intention to like cultivate a relationship with the present moment, which is different than I'm going to be fucking present right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Both yes. of which I engage with all the time. Yep. Right. But sometimes yep. I think it can feel like our option is to like, kind of in this despairful way, like everything's meaningless. I don't care or cling too tightly, but, mm -hmm. um, but intention feels like it threads the, the eye of the, of the needle. Yeah. I love that. A hundred percent. I love it too. It's more kind of like opening the door to something rather than, you know, dragging it, mm. um, through. So, um, a hundred percent. And, um, 
I will answer your question, Eva, in uh, in just a second. But I want to add something important that uh, that perhaps I didn't um, clarify before. That really the the feeling of um, this Kundalini rising is kind of like a pumping action of energy that kind of pumps itself up from the base of the spine through the central um, channels and uh, you know the, the the channels on the sides um, of the body towards the head and so there's this this vitality that that is able to reach you know the um your your intellect your psyche and and so on and so your body and your um you know your your intellect and uh, every aspect of you your your spiritual um connection they all get infused with um with this greater vitality and greater energy and i say this because um it's important in order to to answer your uh beautiful question which is um what do we do with this right um and so one framework that um that i really like um is the um ashtanga yoga not necessarily the style of yoga but the eight steps that are described in the yoga sutras of uh, the sage Patanjali. Uh, and two of those eight steps to spiritual realization have to do with clearing the path for, you know, this, this spiritual energy to, to travel um, through the body and allow us to, um, to reach greater and greater levels of, of meditative uh, absorption. And, and so there's the asana, you know, the yoga postures that, um, you know, are when practiced, you know, in, in a more traditional way, they're really in the function of this spiritual pursuit, um, in, in the service of the spiritual pursuit, um, and have a focus on allowing this this energy to, to rise and fall and kind of clearing um, those pathways. And pranayama, um, the practice of um, intentional and conscious breathing uh, to clear um, those channels. Those two steps are meant for um, this kind of um, this kind of energy to be able to to rise. Now those are, as you say, not meant to be things that you do um, you know obsessively and and you know forcing things and and so on and so forth. And I would even say that you know, um they're not necessarily something that you have to do in order to pursue a spiritual life um not at all but if you are interested in um or rather if this is something that calls you um this idea of allowing the spiritual energy within you to um to manifest itself in the body then uh, those two practices yoga asana and pranayama are something that you know is actionable and when done gently can help clear the way um for this kind of thing there are other techniques some of which i've you know developed um for for myself to kind of uh, map out the body and allow our conscious awareness to travel to parts of the nervous system that are that are currently more dormant or maybe parts of us that we're ashamed of um and a lot of this I, I share with clients and they're, you know, uh, playful little things like 
using vinegar um, on the tongue, uh, which I learned from a great mentor of mine, such a simple action, um, but um, it can help awaken our seventh cranial nerve that innervates our uh, face and helps us with our facial expressions and so on. And for a lot of us, you know, our faces are frozen uh, for, for a million reasons and just doing something um, small and, and playful like that uh, can help bring that attention back and, and that aliveness back and, you know, many more of these little things. Yeah. So I will say, so Federico led our, our group through a meditation <laughs> that was like, <laughs> It's just, it's just really, I'm really fat. I think I love the body, right? So I think this is why this conversation is so, I'm so passionate about this is because I'm like, I just, I love, I, it's some, it's like this whole thing that we, we don't understand that is also so like beautiful and I like to understand. And so, so I was also really um, enchanted by the experience that Federico took us through. It was like, he took us through this really short meditation, but it was so weird. It was like, <laughs> but I loved it. It was like, notice the left side of your tongue, notice the right side of your tongue. Notice like, what do you, are you listening more from your right ear, your left ear? And it was like, it was just like this short little practice where that got me so in tune with things that I like would never pay attention to. And I was like, and I'm, you know, I've been meditating for quite some time and I've never done anything like it. And I was like, whoa, this is like it. Oh, it's cool. It's like, whoa, like another layer of aliveness that, yeah, yeah, that, that you took us through. So anyway, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more because I know you're, you know, leading another meditation group soon, but I'm going to extrapolate some meaning from what you said earlier about like the yoga stuff, right? Cause really, cause what I was asking was like, what's important about this. And what I'm hearing you say is like, um, how, how we move our bodies, or if we, you know, engage in some intentional practices to move our bodies, that can be one of the portals to more spiritual connection or awakening. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Cause it's like, well, what's important about Kundalini? It's like, it's more just that, like, and I think I'm really interested in this for people who maybe have trauma or, you know, traditional therapy and medication maybe doesn't work for them. Right. Or as Kylie, we've talked about people who like don't feel safe in their bodies yet. And so therefore they're not able to go in there. Like this somatic type of modality, I think is really important. Basically is just what I'm trying to say is like, if you can't get there through your mind, or maybe you feel like you have stunted emotions, well, maybe we can try the body. Yeah. Yeah. And I can find I... it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Can I just pause? Jennifer, I really need a blanket. So <laughs> my house is very cold. Thank you. I actually think that, um, in addition to my house being kind of chilly, I actually think I'm, my body is having a lot, I'm having a lot of physical responses in the middle of this conversation. And so I think one of them is that my body's like, no, but for real, can we have some blankets? <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's really interesting though, too. So I suppose you can leave this in. Maybe Jennifer edited out the long uh, puzzle. I was getting the blankets, but... Um... Well, you were saying if if we can't get to something uh, right. through the mind, we can get to it uh, perhaps through the body. And yes, 100%. And, you know, um, there's this uh, beautiful discipline um, called somatic experiencing um, with Peter Levine that, um, you know, pioneered by him. Um, I find a lot of his work ends up um or you know some of the things the phenomena that he describes in his work um manifest spontaneously with a lot of the people i work with um when they're able to release traumatic energy 
Um, and that to me feels like a different kind of energy though. It's um, that one feels like more of the gross type of the electric type. And, and so to give an example, there's someone that I work with in person. And so he had a couple of these episodes of, you know, the waking of the tiger of that traumatic energy that releases. And, you know, I have a punching ball and he just goes to town on the punching ball and screams. And, um, and sometimes he's not able to get up, but just, you know, kicks and, you know, uh, just does whatever he can. Um, and yet afterwards in the sessions that come after, there's still the work of the chakras, right? And the, the heart chakra that is closed because of so much pain. And like, I don't want to make myself vulnerable and I have, I have to contract. And, um, you know, the, the, the throat chakra that perhaps doesn't feel safe. Um, you know, the person doesn't feel safe expressing emotions. And, and so that's, you know, closed down and, and it gets mapped onto, you know, the issues that we uh, all may have in, in our bodies in terms of our physiology and our nervous system and um, uh, our anatomy and so on. And, um, and so that work still needs to be done of, of allowing that other kind of more subtle kind of energy to, to travel through the chakras. And so, you know, some of that, um, I help him manually. Um, you know, there are certain things that I that I feel and I can help. And you know, we we meditate together and we um, use the feedback of my hands to kind of um, help that more subtle energy move through. And and sometimes there's you know an emotional kind of release. Um, and you know, you can you can find someone who is an energy practitioner that is attuned to these kinds of energies and they can help you um, with that. And you know, when they're really good, they might even you know, feel and see and hear the story uh, behind what you went through um, themselves. Um, and it's quite impressive when when that happens. Um, but um, but yeah, all of this to, to say um, that there are a million ways to um, to process our emotions and, and our human experience uh, through the body and, you know, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you. So, well, two things. So one, I just like want to kind of repeat back what I think I'm hearing, which is sort of differentiating between the kind of energy release that we might understand as, you know, trapped energy or looping energy or kind of some stuck emotion in the body. Um, and that that you're speaking to is, is perhaps different than this Kundalini energy, which is more of like the clear, like a clarifying like awake spacious energy, right? One is like the making of space. And then the other is what kind of flows into the space. That was almost how it's showing up. And I'm thinking about a couple, I guess it was a couple, it was like a month ago now, but I had this really moving experience of just like breaking down in my kitchen, crying about something. It was like the, I was very aware that I was actually crying about something that was 37 years you know many 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 years old um and it was just it was available to me then to feel it and my husband was great and just was like oh okay I don't really know what's happening but I'm gonna hold my wife <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like the best thing yeah right? yeah yeah he was like so great but um but that felt it felt it felt like a somatic release right because it was like it was like these big racking sobs of like this this thing that I'd been 
witnessing and circling for a long time that was finally like, okay, we don't need to hold it anymore. Um, and that, that that's a really beautiful and important thing. And also what you're speaking to is that this, what I'm understanding is that this Kundalini energy is um, like almost comes in afterwards, or perhaps maybe those people you're, I've heard many stories of people who kind of pursue Kundalini as like an achievement to reach without the making of space and that it can be really traumatic on like our physical or mental health because it's a fucking fire that's going to burn through whatever's in the way. Uh, and there's like, you could take the gentle path or you could take the. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I, I want to build on what you said because really Kundalini in my experience burns it, burns through the physical and the subtle body mm. right so the it's almost like the the physical body has to be ready to carry it um and the subtle body has to be sufficiently balanced and connected and so on uh, in order not to to block it um and you know there's there's kundalini and there's you know what i perceive as say prana Okay, so kind of a life force that is not the electricity necessarily, even though it might have electric kind of manifestations, but it is kind of a life force that that travels through us um, all the time normally. And then there's, and, you know, this is very imprecise and very unorthodox, but just to kind of mm, make it uh, tangible um, and, and simplify here, uh, Kundalini to me feels like prana on steroids, right? Mm. And something that just, burns through stuff as you say and if the physical body is not ready or is damaged um you know i have a, um, a really interesting story of someone who um who had a, a certain disease that um that basically ate away at certain parts of um of his nervous system and he had a Kundalini awakening afterwards and it bypassed all the parts of the nervous system that were damaged by, um, by this disease, leaving him, you know, very imbalanced in the body and kind of unable to, um, to do certain basic things that have to do with using um, those affected parts of the body, because all that energy was so stuck and kind of, burnt onto the parts of the nervous system that were available so there was something that was supposed to go elsewhere couldn't go elsewhere and there was this kind of imbalance that um that was left and so it might be a specific part of the body say you know my my left hand or my uh, right hand or it might be something kind of even more subtle like you know a part of my parasympathetic nervous system and so i have a hard time um, you know, digesting things uh, because that energy wasn't able to to travel um, in that way, and I'm stuck in in this kind of sympathetic um, fight or flight kind of fiery um, kind of response all the time. And for some people, you know, that is a phase, and then they're able to to grow out of it. And I believe that you know, healing is is always possible but if the lens through which 
you came into the Kundalini practice was one of, you know, I'm trying to protect myself by being, you know, strong and engaging in that fight or flight energy all the time. And then, you know, that gets reinforced through an imbalanced Kundalini awakening. Then I need to be brave enough to say, you know what, I need to dismantle the lenses through which I've been looking at the world so far and begin to cultivate something else and begin to invite an energy that's kind of feel very uncomfortable, right? Um, you know, an energy that is feminine, that is inclusive, that is uh, compassionate, that is um, that doesn't need to control things. And, and that can be very uncomfortable. Uh, I have this very specific example because it is someone that um, I worked with that, that experienced this. So, but yeah, healing is possible. I, I love what you're saying about this energy being, um, now the words have glittered away, but so I will share, I actually have this experience and I now know what I've been, what's been happening. Like I can put words now to something that's been happening for in little ways my whole life, but more notably for the past year, which is this, like, I'll just randomly have like it's happening a lot while we're having this conversation. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you have words to put to it now because of this conversation? Yeah. Oh my wow. God. So yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah, this it. is very cool. Oh my God. So it's like all coming. Together. I love this. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Oh, and now my cold body is getting hot. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, it, what happens for me? So throughout my whole life, I would just have these like moments where I would just like, like twitch and shiver, right? Just like randomly, like I'm, you know, just like a random moment. But over the past year, Right around the time, if listeners remember when I had my mushroom trip where I didn't actually take mushrooms, <laughs> um, I started having, it just started happening more pronounced and in, and I, and I stopped, um, like resistance faded. And so this feels vulnerable to share, but it is, it, it is less of, um, it's less of like a convulsion twitch and more of like a kind of like wave of um, like ecstasy that rolls through my body. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know, I haven't really asked. I've, it's just been happening now for a year. And sometimes it happens a lot. And sometimes it does go like a couple months, like a month or so will go by. Um, and I knew it felt connected to like this experience that I had really this time last year. Um, but I didn't have the language of, I was like vaguely aware of Kundalini, but I didn't have the specific language. So this feels um, like a very excellent gift of context. So thanks a bunch. <laughs> I love it. That makes me so happy. Yeah. 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 And that's partly why I wanted to have this conversation was to give people an understanding of like, maybe what's, what's happening. So like, like, again, why I brought up like the twitching of the leg before you fall asleep or in meditation, I think sometimes there's this idea that like, you're supposed to be stiff as a board. You're supposed to be like really mm -hmm. stiff and like sit like a statue. And like, and, and there was a time where I was actually being like, oh, I'm swaying. Like, and I would suppress that or like make that try to go away. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. oh no, I'm not being still. And now it's understand. There's an understanding of like, no, like let there's, you know, there's a balance of like letting your body also do its own thing. Yeah. For me, like the difference between literally like having this, like random like twitch and then when not trying to push it away it's like oh actually this is just a wave of pleasure that's showing up like mm -hmm. like two drastically different experiences mm -hmm. same energy but one comes with allowing yeah um but i think that's actually the question that i wanted to put your way is actually speaking 
to the way that this energy, that there's inherent discomfort, right? Like that uh, joy or ecstasy or awakening or however you want to speak to it, like is not necessarily comfortable. It's, it's a thing that we are wanting and we can feel its absence. And um, yeah, and I, 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 you started to speak to it and I guess I don't have a real question, but I just want to, I think that's a really important point in all of this is the way in which, you know, what we're calling Kundalini energy is actually perhaps uncomfortable. Or we're talking about a fire that will just like burn through whatever the fuck's in the way, right? Um, like the paradox of the fact that it's uncom- it's pleasurable and uncomfortable. Is that what you mean? Well, I mean, then I could go through a whole thing about how I think pleasure has, right. is, is inherently uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. But, but I think more like, I think that there's this idea that the energy of awakening is like peace and joy and love. And it's not, not those things, but it is in my experience, a like peace that is uncomfortable and ecstasy that is like, is, is also has, it it has the paradox of pain all interwoven in it. Um, And I think, I think it's worth, just acknowledging that because it can be really disconcerting when you're thinking that you're seeking something that's going to feel like, you know, smooth jazz. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out to be a little bit more punk rock. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I love that you brought that up. I have so much to say. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm going (laughs) to try to find it. This feels like a topic. You have a lot to say. Yeah. (laughs) Just like word vomit and we'll piece, we'll piece it all together. Yes. So, um, First of all, the pleasure piece. Yes, you know, there's the the place where um, Kundalini supposedly resides um, is really, you know, in the area of the uh, pelvic floor and, you know, the cervix for women um, and, you know, between the perineum and the prostate for men. um, And, you know, that for for both, um, that can be an area that um, that physically is pleasurable. Right. And, you know, to the men listening, if you haven't discovered your prostate, go and do that. Um, <laughs> but moving PSA on to Hello Universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PSA. Um, so next thing, um, the more spiritual thing here um, is that, um, yes, once you allow this energy to um, awaken and to travel through you, it will inevitably um, encounter roadblocks. And those roadblocks are the ways in which you've forgotten your body, uh, you know, mortified your body, um, or, you know, not been in alignment and illness has kind of taken advantage of the fact that um, that you weren't in alignment. Um, the the ways in which your, you know, your heart is closed, your, your uh, ability to speak up is closed, or your... Um, not comfortable with your sexuality, um, all of these things will show up. And not unlike what happens during a mushroom tree trip um, or other psychedelics, there is a process of shedding the layers of us that are superficial, the walls that we have um, built in order to protect ourselves that aren't really us, the masks and the personas that we've uh, adopted and the um, you know, all the ways in which we've we've learned to function in the world 
that aren't really true to our soul. And when this energy awakens, it burns through that. And so if you resist, like in a mushroom trip, if you resist and you say, no, 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 I don't want this. I want to continue to be who I've always been. Um, I want to continue to, you know, keep my fists clenched and to um, fight everything that, you know, uh, gets uh, gets in my way. And I want to uh, grasp at a certain version of, of reality and so on. You're going to have a horrible time. And with Kundalini, you're going to, you know, imbalance things Um and, you know, when, when that energy finally rises, if that's your attitude, um, that's, that's what leads to, I find, uh, a, a negative experience or contributes to, to a negative um, kind of experience. And so a lot of people that have this idea of, you know, I have to force it to happen are actually perhaps in a process of spiritual bypassing where they have this image of themselves of, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm all, you know, candies and, and rainbows and, and right. I'm, uh, I'm a, what is it? Light and light, light energy or light something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So... <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh my God. Love it. Yeah. You have to include the, the stuff that, you know, your shadow side and that's, and that's how, you know, we actually uh, awaken and that's uncomfortable because, you know, we've, we've adopted a certain persona for a reason. And, you know, even depending on, you know, the, the depth of that spiritual awakening, disidentifying with this body and with this person that, you know, this, this thing we call I, understanding that that's not actually how at a higher energetic level, um, you know, how these things work. Um, that is, that can be quite disconcerting as well, but so, it is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hearing you say, I mean, I don't know, does this like, is, does this, I don't, I know you didn't have a question kind of, I guess I'm curious if this resonates with you, but what I'm hearing you say is that like, yeah, it's the process of like, when this happens, I think what they, the advice always is you have to surrender. You have to like, let go. You have to like, be able to courageously go with the flow of where it's taking you rather than trying to resist which I don't know, to be honest, like freaks me the fuck out. Like I've always wondered, like if, if, you know, if one day I do like an ayahuasca retreat and people are always like, you're in ayahuasca, like you have to let go. And I'm like, that sounds really nice. Like I hope, I hope I plan to, I hope I can, but I have no idea what's going to come up in that moment. And like, that is, I think where the warrior's journey is, is like, can you let go? Can you surrender to whatever is happening? I I love that you're speaking to this because I think sometimes we make surrender or letting go or non-resistance uh sound like it's a thing you do once you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) right and it's like i feel like oh no it's a continual moment by moment process and, and, and so like and and also the idea of like um contraction and softening contraction and softening right and so you know say you know one day when you do an ayahuasca trip right like you have the contraction which then gives you an opportunity to soften rather Mm -hmm. than like oh no i've met restriction or oh no i've met resistance like well yeah of course you'll meet resistance because otherwise we wouldn't be in bodies right like it's kind of part of the game that we're playing here and also 
um, I think it's for, for me, it's more like, can I trust myself to recognize when I'm resisting or contracting? Mm -hmm. And, and this is something I'd love to hear. This was one of my early questions I didn't speak to, but like, how can you recognize when you are resisting or contracting or clinging to that kind of old self version of yourself? And then when you witness it, how do you let go? Ooh, can I jump in? Cause I have an answer. Yeah. I have, I have some thoughts and I'm sure Federico, you'll have much to add, but I, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna like this answer, but I honestly feel like my meditation practice has mm. been like my, like a training ground for that. It's mm. like, you are literally going into the training ground of becoming aware of what resistance feels like in your body and, and your, the habits, patterns of your mind, like, like, or even, you know, it doesn't have to be this idea of like, uh, what a meditation practice looks like. It's like, I just mean, like, if you are still with yourself and you come back into your body and you're present, you become acutely aware of what your internal experience is. Mm. And then you do that enough times over and over again. Like you really do develop, I think, a sense of self-awareness of like, oh, I, I know what this is and I and I have space to, to recognize it. And then, um, yeah, so I think that's partly for me, like where the recognition comes from, that, that the thing that's so beautiful to me about meditation is that you're doing it maybe in some, like in a formal practice, but it's not about the meditation. It's about what happens after and you bring that into your life. And then that awareness is carried through to, you know, your days and your months and your years. So, yeah, I think I've just that, I mean, but, and at the same time, there's also an infinite amount of awareness that's possible. Right. So like, I'm sure there, there is more awareness that I can build, but um, yeah, I think so much of meditation practice is about like, you know, I go to these Vipassana retreats for 10 days and literally the whole time there's like this guy, this recording that's going like, notice that you're, you're like, you know, he talks about how suffering is essentially anytime we're resisting something or anytime we're attached to something. So I'm sitting there for 11 hours a day, noticing resistance and attachment in my body. Mm. And it's, it's trained me to like, to see, okay, well, what do I do when I'm noticing resistance and attachment? I literally just come back to my body. I just come back into the present moment, rinse, repeat. And I think that's where you've talked about Federico, like you're creating new neural pathways. It's like, or even muscle memory. I think it's like this sort of weird energetic muscle memory that you create in your body. That's like, okay, I don't, I don't do anything actually. I just come back to now, which is, I guess I don't do, I just be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautifully <laughs> said. I, oh. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's beautifully said and I want to build on it um, by adding another layer um, kind of in the body of, you know, if you want something very tangible and practical, even if you don't have dystonia, think about your muscle tone. What is your muscle tone? It's how engaged, let's say, a muscle is, how contracted a muscle is. And so scan your body and see, you know, is my chest contracted and is the muscle tone really high like you know drawing me in pulling my shoulders inwards um does my you know pelvic area feel really contracted does it feel more contracted on one side than on the other um these are cues that are that are telling you something and so you know, am I contracting in my chest for a reason? Is it because I'm, I don't feel safe? I'm trying to protect myself from something. Um, and 
you know, if you're in tune or interested in, in kind of getting in touch with, with the more subtle energies, you can, you can feel how certain um, chakras um, in, in the body uh, feel. And so certain energetic centers in the body, um, do they feel well-developed and, uh, you know, available, you know, when you think of your heart chakra, oh yes, I can love easily. And, you know, those feelings travel through me, um, you know, um, with ease and I can connect with others with ease, or am I driven by fear and shame and, um, and so on. And so, you know, that part of me doesn't feel, or, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, pleasure areas and sexuality, you know, for a lot of people, even people that are that consider themselves to be very much in touch with their sexuality, they're actually acting out of a place of um, shame and kind of enacting certain trauma patterns through sexuality. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm really in touch with your sexuality. No, actually, you're you're trying to to shame to you know you're getting high on on that shame, right? And so that that part of you energetically is is not flowing you're not engaging with your sexuality from a place of wholeness right i can connect with with my partner in a way that feels aligned and um and true to who i am um and and that goes for you know for all uh for all the seven chakras yeah that's a really interesting topic what i what I wrote down and this may have to be, I might have to say this for another day, but I wrote down like you're with sex, you're getting high on that shame and you're calling it liberation. <laughs> cause I, I think, love it. cause I think that is a lot of like, it's a mix. It's a confused message. I think this idea of like, anyway, this is a whole nother conversation, but this idea of like being liberated, which I am all about, you know, sexually can sometimes also get distorted and get confusing as to like what's actually authentically you and what is you i don't know acting out something does that make sense and also maybe all things contain all things yeah mm -hmm. right like maybe each moment i don't know um yeah if we like you know if we really hold paradox like taking sex for example like it's so is so culturally and individually laden with shame from our personal experiences from our collective from the things we've been told about ourselves that um i, I, don't, I can't even really put this into words but this is something that i actually was like thinking about recently like how everything already contains its opposite right everything already contains the thing that it is and the thing that it is not <laughs> and so like liberated sex always also contains shame and vice versa like mm. somehow they because they're paradox they're also i yeah you're, you're not you guys are nodding along some people have lost me in the audience some people are... no i mean i hear you and i feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before is that like uh and this idea of like or i don't know if i'm, if I'm gonna butcher it this idea of like or uh the other day i don't know if this is the same thing but kylie i was talking to you i think off the record and I was like going through something really difficult. And then when I checked in with my body, I was like miserable. And then when I checked in with my body, I was like, wait, there's also joy here. <laughs> like it was just a, like, I think, yeah. Like, what did you say? Everything contains all things. 
that everything contains its um, its opposites already. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, you know, the beauty of, of the human experience. And there's no judgment, by the way, also, you know, in in sex that helps us explore our traumas and uh, and our shame and and all of that go for it you know it's not a matter of judgment it's it's a matter of okay if we are seeking alignment and if we are seeking you know to to kind of open up to truer and truer versions of of who we are then you know okay let's come into contact with the trauma with the shame around sexuality and so on and then let's ask the question what what feels in alignment um and what what feels true to you know the most authentic version of me and you know that process of finding that alignment in in the body in the different energy centers in your life in different um aspects of what you do um you know in the eight steps of uh, of uh yoga in the eightfold path um you know that alignment is is what it's all about right it's um the hard work of of spirituality is translating that oneness that beauty that bliss of of connection to to what is into the body into the uh lived experience into our actions and and so on um and so again um not a matter of of good and bad it it is a matter of okay is this is this your path yeah i have another psa i guess i don't know if this is a psa but something i want to share about i think um thoughts for how to get more in touch with the body. And I would love to also hear what you two have to share if there's anything else you want to add. But I think I'm always, I'm always looking out for the person who's listening to the podcast and it's like, okay, this sounds great. But like, how the fuck do I actually like get more in touch with my body? Because that was me (laughs) for so long. And it just felt like this abstract nebulous thing. And, um, I have found that you know, so you've, Federico, you've already talked about some things, right? Like the pranayama breathing and like, you know, the asanas, but mm, I think oftentimes this process is, is one that's like kind of gentle and subtle. And, you know, when I guide my clients through it, it's through meditation, it's really just like the becoming aware of the subtleties. Right. And I think this, I want to share this as both a like, hey, it gets to be gentle and it gets to be soft, but also as a, if you're, as a, as a warning, I suppose, of like, if you're someone who, again, like how I was, who's used to things being like intense or like noticeable, then that, I guess I just feel like that might be, that's where the challenge is. Like, you're okay. So for example, this, I'm kind of going adrift, but here, like I used to hate going to personal or to, uh, physical therapy, right? Because when you go to the physical therapy, they make you do these like small little like incremental movements that feel like they are doing nothing. And I would get so impatient mm-hmm. because I, I was used to doing like CrossFit and I was like, oh, I need to like lift heavy things and like make sure that my muscles are like burning. And so I was indoctrinated into this very Western style of like your body needs to like go through intense like I don't intensity essentially. And so I was like, if it's not intense and it's not doing shit, like that was really my MO. And when I did yoga, I did Bikram yoga, like hot yoga, the most intense yoga. And it was like, I love the intensity. Cause I was like, I'm an intense person. 
And then you go to physical therapy and you're like, okay, you're just making me do this tiny, stupid movement 20 times. And it feels like it's doing nothing, but actually that is like the rehabilitation. So the point that I'm trying to make is I think oftentimes this, this process of getting in touch with your body starts with those seemingly, those things that are seemingly not doing anything. And I think that's why we had to be patient. And also it's a, a shift in like how we do things. Love to hear your thoughts because you both are nodding. <laughs> Kylie, I've spoken a lot, so I want to give you. You are um, our guest. We okay, get to right. listen to me all the time. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I I love the question. Um, and just the other day, you know, I had a a new client um, on the dystonia side of things. Um, you know, who who has a pretty noticeable imbalance, and she's used to, you know, really using one side of her body in everything she does. And, you know, she swims um, a lot and she swims mostly, you know, uh, using one side of her body. And we used some of these gentle techniques to, um, to use, you know, vibration and uh, small things like this to kind of get those nerves on the other side to awaken. And the first thing she said is like, oh, this is very subtle. And, you know, she has a lot of trauma and a lot of, um, a lot of um, things that she learned to deal with by being very type A about things, by being very strong about, you know, what she wants to accomplish. And, and so what I told her is you're being called to, and this is something that I, that I say to a lot of people, you know, dystonia or no dystonia, um, you're being called to move from disciplining yourself into strength to loving yourself into wholeness mm. and that is subtle loving yourself into wholeness is subtle and you know it it starts with that idea that okay we're not accomplishing anything right now we're just being with what is and just noticing more and more and just opening up the space and the love the compassion is what what helps it happen um but, um, you know, some of these techniques is, um, are some of the things that we'll explore um, in my upcoming uh, retreats that I'll tell you guys about um, later. Uh, but there are specific things that everybody can do to really map out the body and gently come back in, uh, into contact um, and awareness of the body. Yeah. I love what you're all saying. And the, the thing that I will add is... Um uh on brand for me but this idea of not making my body wrong like not making myself wrong so i woke up the other morning uh, like because i've been thinking about how our bodies are constantly giving us giving me this feedback loop right my my body is constantly telling me like what it needs how we feel what emotion showing up right and uh my modes have you know for most of my life been to ignore or make wrong right so like i woke up the other morning uh my hip had been bothering me I felt bloated and I had like the scratchy, like the beginnings of a sore throat. And I instantly just felt fucking pissed at my body. Like I just was like, mm -hmm. what the hell? And then I kind of started laughing to myself. I was like, I'm like some Victorian mother who wants her children to be seen and not heard. Like my body's job is to tell me things and I'm asking it to basically never communicate and always be fine. Um, and, you know, which is an incredible like privilege and that you know my my body's like 
you know, I haven't been forced out of that because my body has, you know, uh, I haven't body. had to deal with chronic illness, for example. Um, but um, yeah, it almost made me laugh. Like I was like, what am I actually asking of this body? Of course, it's supposed to tell me things. And how can I listen to what it feels like to feel tremendous love and ecstasy in my body if I'm also pissed at the existence of a sore throat? And so um, I think, you know, just like really um, accepting that your body has wisdom and that it's, which is, you know, and that it's uh, might be worth listening to. <laughs> I think that's like, so I think you're bringing up like a really important point because I mean, we can go in a lot of directions with this, but the being pissed at your body thing, I'm sure that's something that everyone can relate to. Basically when you are faced with an inconvenience, essentially, anytime you're inconvenienced, like, and think about us, we are all inconvenienced with our body because we are all immortal. We all know that death is, you know, mm. the cause of death is birth. And so like, we're meant, we're meant to feel the, the lower back pain, the sciatica pain, migraines, PMS. I mean, and this is like, just if you're able-bodied, even if you're able-bodied, you've got a gazillion different things that you can like complain about. And then if you're not able-bodied or you have some sort of chronic illness, which is also, you know, a huge group of people, like it brings up this anger because we're pissed that it's supposed to, that's, you know, it's supposed to be a different way. And I have that experience, you know, with my chronic fatigue, being so angry at my body that I don't have the energy, angry that I can't do the things that I want to do. And I think so much of the practice is like, actually this experience I think is here to teach us how to be kind to our bodies and to love our bodies. And I, uh, like to be, I think there's a humility there. And I think that needs to be an ongoing process. And Federico, you're nodding your head. I'm, I'm curious if you have more you want to add. Yeah. You know, on the website, uh, on federicopetrelli.com, I have a a quote that uh, I took actually from our uh, meditation teacher course that um, goes something like, I, you know, I, your, your illness, your chronic illness, um, I am a messenger with good news. I am here to guide you back to the places within you where you can hold yourself with tenderness and compassion. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but kind of tapping into, um, your body's innate uh, ability to to heal. Um, and you've been immune to my gentle nudges for too long. And I had to grab your attention. And so one of the invitations in that quote is, I hope you'll judge progress not by my eradication, but by the shift in the terrain that produced me mm -hmm. yeah. so your progress your healing is not so much that you get rid of your chronic fatigue or you get rid of your dystonia or you get rid of you know whatever it is it's that you're a different person is that you've heard the nudges of the body and you've begun to seek alignment and so mm -hmm. when you begin that process, which is a process of personal and spiritual growth, then even the chronic fatigue, even the dystonia 
even the chronic illness, they are blessings and they are the beauty of, of who you are. And, you know, they are the, the thing that made who you are possible. And I know that for me, if I hadn't had something so severe, I would have followed a path of autopilot that was mm-hmm. set for me by honestly attempts to compensate for severe trauma from when I was a child and just trying to prove to myself that that I was enough. And I would have been blind to, you know, to, to the beauty that is the reality that we inhabit. Um, and I would have missed out. And, mm-hmm. and so for me to be authentically me, I had to go through what I went through. Um, and, and I really see it. And so I completely agree and resonate with, with what you said, Eva. <laughs> I'm like getting so choked up. I thought that was like, so, so beautiful. I think I really resonate with this because, um, kind of like what I was saying is like, the ch- every single one of us, whether now or later, we are going to come up against our body, like, or, or, or as we age, it is literally the inevitable that our body is going to, um, I guess you could say break down or whatever you, I don't know the language you'd want to use. And I just think this isn't, so basically none of us are immune to this. This applies to every single person, whether you, you're lucky enough to be able-bodied your entire life. And then maybe you go out with a bang when you're like 90 or a hundred or whatever, or, but I don't actually think that's realistic. I think everybody knows what it's like to have something going on with their body. And this, I just feel like the spiritual practice of it all is, um, you know, we can suffer through it or we can change this into an opportunity for love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually reminded of a conversation that we had with Liz Simpson, who was another good, we had another great body if you are liking this episode, you can you should also go check out the body episode with Liz Simpson because she talks a lot about that too. You know, like our um, chronic illnesses are often here <laughs> to teach us something really important. That's obvious. That's been my situation too. Like, it's taught me how to slow down and divest from capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Federico, I have a question for you because you said something super juicy in the beginning and then we skipped right over it which is that you were speaking of your own experience with kundalini um and you were saying how like you know you don't ascribe to like okay there's a pinnacle place that i've arrived but also that it has been something that's had a really transformational experience in your um i think experience as a spiritual being and so i'm actually curious if you could just share what your experience is, perhaps what feels new or different or richer um, that you ascribe to Kundalini? Yeah, um, thank you for asking the question. I There's so much. And, you know, it is a component of, of several things that have been going on for me um, for years. But I think I'll share something that, you know, maybe half of the audience is going to be like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Um, and the other, <laughs> the other half is going to be like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, I like that. Um, but 
so feel free to take it or leave it if you believe in intuition um and if you believe in you know the fact that the energetic body lives on after death um then or you know some of the sheets of of our body um that are more subtle in nature um don't actually die with the material body um well i had one kundalini experience uh when i was meditating when i was you know right after um a pretty intense session with with a client um in person and again this client had experienced um the loss of his mother and right after that um during that kundalini experience really feeling this pumping action from the bottom of the spine to um the head i saw exactly you know what um mediums and and so on mean when they say i raise my vibration mm -hmm. and i you know i was in a different realm um and it's something that i've experienced you know in, in different ways through meditation even without the physical components through mushrooms and so on but um stepping into a, a deeper um energetic uh realm uh, or higher depending on your perspective um and i could feel this person's mother um mm. not so much talking to me because there weren't words but i could feel that she was saying it's not an accident that the two of you met mm. and you know there's there's healing in this for the this person and there's growth in it for you and so just this flood of love and trust and you know you're you're part now i'm getting choked up you're part of of something bigger um and so just just go with with um with what your soul is is calling you towards and and so this has been one of of several really beautiful experiences and you know they're not all um this kind of um dramatic and um and vivid um but but you know i ascribe a lot of of this process of growth that that I've been going through in the last few years and and even you know what the the decision to um to start the uh mindfulness meditation teacher certification course um it came after you know some of these experiences where what it was like you know what you can level up here um and um and so, yeah, I, I have several of, the, of these stories, but thank you for, for asking the question. And, you know, for anyone in the audience who is like, yeah, what, what is that? Just leave it. And they're and probably not listening to this show, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People on, on this show who are here have heard yeah. all, a lot, all the things. <laughs> okay. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Um, I love, I just, I love, 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 love what you're saying. Um. And, um, yeah, I, I was thinking of my own session once with a client whose mother showed up real strong and I just sobbed the entire time. So, um, 
when that mom love shows up, it's a special, <laughs> it's a special kind of intensity of like love and spirit. And it feels really beautiful. Um, um, uh, I think my question is, you know, I think it's not uncommon that we can have these mystical experiences if you're a speaker right like the experience i just had both it's like really one particular client session that was really beautiful blah blah blah. and then you know we keep talking about subtlety right so there's these moments where you have these like big profound like holy shit the world is not what i thought it was you know the veil drops like you know something big happens and then we carry this sense that we're different on the other side. And also it's not always apparent, you know? Um, I mean, full transparency, sometimes I have this thought where I'm like, have I actually just, to pull, pull away from Eva's book, have I actually lost my mind and nothing has changed in the past three years and I just am more delusional now. <laughs> yeah. Federico, in case, yeah, people, for the listeners, if you don't know, my one thing is always like, am I going crazy? Am I nuts? <laughs> so I think my question and then something that's both subtle and profound will happen where like an old trigger shows up and it like doesn't, I don't even register it. Right. But I guess my question is if you could speak to that, perhaps with your own, from your own lived experience, like what, what space has shown up for you? I mean, I think some ways my question is like, how do you know it worked? I think that might be the question. If I'm honest, I think the question under the question might be, how do you know it worked? And also, which is a hilarious and silly question, but also like, what is the, what is the subtle incarnation of these profound experiences for you? So just, wait, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I I want to ask a clarifying question. So when you say, what's your question? How do you know it, it worked? How do you, or how do you know what worked? I, I mean, I'm kind of like joking, but I think it's the like the no, the, but the, that is the, I get it, yeah. Like, how do you know like that the profound experience had a lasting impact, right? Oh, Wasn't okay. just this like flash in the pan, you know, cool <laughs> thing that happened, and then now you're just back to normal, like regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. How do you know that like uh, okay, it actually did create a shift for you? I love this because it sounds like an Eva question. Like, like meaning I'm like, I'm always like, this is what I'm always trying to figure out. Like, was this like, I totally understand this question. So I'm glad you're asking it. A hundred percent. I love the question. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of us who go through mystical experiences and, and so on, ask ourselves that, um, like, what was that first of all? And number two, okay. If I decide that I actually, and this is, you know, the answer to your question is, if I I really felt that that was a more profound understanding of reality than everyday consciousness. Mm. So I was seeing things more clearly and it was a profound knowing. I just know I'm not going to find it in a book. I'm not going to find it, you know, in somebody else's lecture. I just know. And there's no way around it, okay? So if I go with it, if I trust that, then, you know, yeah, there's like a whole period of time in which you walk around, you know, the world (laughs) and you're like, wait, these people think that it's all real. Like these people think that it's, (laughs) that stuff is stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> they don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and you're like, wait, you're only getting mad because you think that this is real. You're only getting mad because you think that this is solid, right? And and that that you're here to kind of maximize your pleasure and that's your kind of purpose on earth or or or, or what have you, right? Um and it's freaking confusing because you know sometimes especially when you get to this stuff through psychedelics you get to it pretty darn fast and a lot of people that contact me not on the dystonia uh, side of things but on the psychedelic side of things they've had experiences that are really profound and they can't make sense of them mm. and they're incapable of functioning afterwards and the retreat where they were at or like the dealer that gave them the acid or what have you they didn't explain that stuff to them and so they have to put the pieces back together and so um for me that was really a a process of and it's honestly still ongoing is is kind of as i was saying before there's there's that ultimate reality and there's this you know more mundane reality and kind of how do the two meet um and you know to answer your question again kind of i get proof more and more that you know that it worked that you know that that deeper insight into reality is true because when i help those two levels meet good things happen and mm. and i'm able to to grow and to level up and to 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 attract the kind of people that you know that are on the same wavelength that mm. um um like you guys um, <laughs> thank you i really love that answer i mean i love the question and i love the answer because um I think, okay, I, I think what we're speaking to is that, um, or I don't know, I guess when I was listening to you speak, it was also like, I'm always asking this question, Kylie, like, you know, that it's like, or it's like, is this real? Are all my, is all my spiritual stuff that I believe in, is this actually real? Or am I literally delusional? And I guess it's kind of where we had this conversation. Maybe it wasn't last week's episode. Anyway, this idea of like, well, Maybe I just don't know. Like, maybe I don't have to know. What if I don't have to know? Maybe there's room for doubt and I can just make space for that. But also I think part of living in the in-between, right? Because like, this is like, this I think is one of the quintessential questions in a spiritual path is like, how do I merge? Like this comes up a lot, I think in our podcast in different ways. Like how do I merge these two like uh, seemingly paradoxical things? And you know, what the answer always is, it's the paradox or like, you know, I've talked about living in the in-between and I think part of living in the in-between is also is, is that knowing of like, I just know, and also the asking, continuously asking the question. And, you know, they're, it's like you were saying earlier, they're both, they're both together and the same and, and, and one in the same and they exist simultaneously. It's like, it, it's just a dance constantly. You ask the question and then, you know, you ask the question and then, you know, or where you remember and then you forget you remember and you forget yeah that's the thing i'm also thinking about is like sometimes i'm the person walking around being like haha dummies nothing is real and then sometimes i am definitely the person who is like everything is very real <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and, and I like think, we just yeah. like we just we are both you know yeah 
But I think the spiritual trap is actually when we start judging ourselves for being the person who is attached to the real. Because of course we're attached to the real, we're humans. But that judgment that I give to myself of like, oh, I should know better that this isn't real or whatever is the very thing that keeps me stuck in the real or Mm. that like, I can't get out of it. Oh, and I love, okay, thank you because you're giving me a gift because we spoke at the beginning, right? About how there's like, the judgment isn't helpful and the avoidance isn't helpful, but intention is helpful. So, mm-hmm. cause one of the questions I was going to post you guys, which I am also curious to hear, but I'm also answering my, my own <laughs> question before is like, what do you do when you have these moments where you realize that you've like slipped into like everything is real. And by which I mean in this case, cause there's a, we can, we've talk this is another topic we come back to a lot but like when you're just clinging really tightly when you're making something too real by clinging to it really tightly and you notice that you're doing that how do you like unhook and what's coming back to me is you can't judge it if you ignore it you'll keep clinging but you can set an intention and then trust that the hour of your intention will carry you out and through to a new place I love that. That is such an amazing topic. And, you know, we touched upon that um, just a little bit uh, last time I was on. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I I mentioned that I had this practice of imagining this uh, father from a movie that I really liked. Mm. that was kind of like the perfect dad and the dad that, you know, would have made my teenage years uh, much easier, that would have accepted me and, you know, loved me and you know, uh, gay and everything. Um, and I had this practice of imagining that, you know, this father was providing some of the messages that Mm -hmm. I didn't receive in childhood and kind of imagining what I would be like if I had received this, these messages and kind of, um, finding greater healing and wholeness through that by creating these new pathways, right? Because for the brain, this is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and very synchronistically, um, since we're talking about, you know, attracting uh, stuff, um, not much after that, our mentor, Eva, um, introduced me to something called the Idealized Parent Figure Protocol. Um, and now I'm devouring the book. Um, and it's a whole technique that you know was originally something that was done in psychotherapy uh, but something that can be done through meditation as well that gives you the language to take that love that transcendent love that oneness and translate it into something that your brain can do something with and really repair mm. the attachment wounds of your inner child and so that has been for me such an amazing way of kind of bridging uh the two because the the you know the the ultimate reality of that you know oneness and that love um and this reality and um and yeah it's it's just um something really precious because the moment I step back into trauma and there's still a lot that I'm working through, I am clinging and I'm reacting and I'm, you know, I live in my brainstem and limbic system in, in the parts of me that are, that are not the most intentional, most evolved um, parts of me. Right. Um, 
And so trauma brings me back and this practice can, can kind of unhook me. Hmm. What did you say the name of the book is? So the name of the book is called it. And it's a really kind of academic book. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called attachment disturbances in adults treatment for comprehensive repair. And the, Author. Sounds up your alley, not yeah. up my alley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a fake. Uh, yeah, we curse. You can swear. You can swear. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so I can't easy. listen to it on Audible. Okay, probably not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's cool to know that that exists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really I remember you speaking that on the podcast, and I'm last episode and I'm, I'm glad you brought that back because it meant something for me new in a new way right now so thank you for that um and uh and I think one of the things I really love about that is you know when we cling when we make too real from a place of you know fear and 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 concern and trauma there is a real want there, right? And again, with this kind of polarity thing where we either like cling or we or we judge the clinging and like there's something real that we want there. And so I love what you're putting forward as a way of like uncovering what the hunger or want or need or un- previously unmet need is and finding a way to give it to yourself and to imagine yourself receiving it. Um, so that you feel safe letting go mm-hmm. rather than just badgering yourself to let go. Um, yeah. So thank yeah. you for giving me back a dose of my own medicine just when I needed it. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm, I'm feeling such connection with you guys. It's incredible. Um, it's, there's such a good flow of, 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 you know, what, what we want, what we're after, what, what we, see and perceive and um and so it's just a, a joy to mm-hmm. uh to chat with you guys and and yeah you know i think what you described there is the opposite of spiritual bypassing right you're not just saying oh no i should be you know up on that level and you know let me just dive into the quantum field um and um you know uh magnetize um abundance or or what have you okay totally fine go do that uh but not at the expense of um of healing what needs to be healed otherwise you know it's not going to end well yeah um, yeah and it will you know our rejected parts in my opinion our rejected parts just much like the you know the things packed into our body because maybe they're the same <laughs> like they they don't it doesn't go away you know mm-hmm. and so it just gets it just gets i in my experience louder until i turn towards it 100 mm-hmm. yeah 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 being with what is baby mm. <laughs> it's always the medicine it's like damn it but that's yeah. what it is um i've taken notes on our own podcast so that's a good sign lots of mm-hmm. lots of things written and highlighted <laughs> can you tell us about your retreat better i mean we're gonna do joy in a moment and all those things but i am curious to hear more about this retreat that you mentioned earlier yeah, thank you for asking. So um, November 6th, um, we're going to do a one-day retreat um, called Re-Inhabiting Our Bodies. Mm. And um, it's going to blend you know, mindfulness and self-compassion with some of the techniques that I mentioned earlier to actually re-inhabit the body, actually 
you know, map the body through the tongue, for example, and, uh, you know, get to know your cranial nerves and, uh, you know, awaken what is called interoception. So the ability to feel the body from the inside and kind of seeing how that um, manifests itself through, you know, different emotions and, um, and how to bring healing with self-compassion. Mm -hmm. And so, there will be a lot of silence, but there will be these um, these um, few nuggets, let's say, um, that I think can be quite transformational, um, and it's all going to be in a you know in a trauma informed um, container. So you know we're going to talk a little bit about how to get back to the body without getting overwhelmed, uh, because potentially you know if you're experiencing. Um, trauma or flashbacks, even if it's not recent, you might get really worked up and, and be really uncomfortable. And so, you know, how to notice that and how to do this safely. But, you know, everybody talks about, you know, just listen to your body. In reality, most people are, you know, kind of listening to their mind and their mm -hmm. ego and their, you know, their habit energies. And this can be a step to, you know, towards actually listening to the body. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think if I can, I might actually, I, I want to, I would like to join because I think um, just, yeah, just because of that one meditation you did one time, it was like so unique that I'm like, I want more of this. So I highly recommend people if you are interested. Is it in person? Is it remote? Where is it's it located? It's online. Yeah, ah, it's going to okay. be online. Um, so everyone's welcome. Um, and it's going to be on a Sunday. Um, so, you know, it should be um accessible to to most and i would love to have you guys yeah yeah do you is there a link that you can share with us for us to share in the show notes? with the show notes yeah um it's going to be um federico petrelli.com um slash our bodies okay great and um just make sure to spell it right i know i don't have the easiest name for english speakers okay. but it's uh, <laughs> f-e-d-e uh and not f-r-e um, okay. So F E D E R I C O, and then yeah. P E T R E L L I. Yep. We'll leave it. We'll leave a link in the in the show notes, folks, for anyone interested. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Thank I'm you already so mentally much. clearing my calendar and signing my childcare for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So is it time for joy? Yeah. All right. So. All right. Well, then, as our guest, Federico, um, we are up. What is one thing that's bringing you joy right now in your life? So I've been transitioning to a high raw vegan diet. Um, and that is, you know, talk about leveling up. Wow. It's knocking my socks off. Um, you know, it's bringing me joy. It's also bringing me a lot more kind of vivid emotions, um, which is, um, uh, which is fantastic, but it's also turbocharging my healing and you know we were talking earlier about the fact that yeah we all experience illness but you know what we also all deserve a chance to feel freaking good mm -hmm. in our bodies and and raw food is doing it for me um and um and so yeah there's so much joy and gratitude to be able to connect to these you know high vibrational foods mm. Ooh, that's just opening a can of worms right there. Cause I could ask, oh, that could be another conversation maybe for another time. I've, yeah, I've tried, <laughs> I've tried raw anyway. Well, 
yes, I have lots of questions. I'll just put, I'll just put that there, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that that is, it sounds like it's been really a beautiful experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to, to preface, it's, it's not for everybody immediately. Right. I think mm. it took me years to build up to this. Most mm -hmm. people, if they just go into raw, they can't absorb anything They're They feel horrible and then they give mm. up. And that's the most common experience. It took yeah. me years to, to build up to this mm. and, you know, I'm getting there, but we weren't raised to be able to have the digestive system that can handle all the fiber and, and all of that. We need to develop yeah. that capacity. So mm -hmm. yeah, again, as you said, it's, it, there's a whole conversation there, but. For another time. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to go back a third yeah. time. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. How about you, Eva? So what's bringing me joy? Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say, uh, I'm, I think you shared this too recently, Kylie, but um, I think my friends are bringing me joy. Mm. I mean, you two are, are part of that. Kylie, you, you know, are a huge part of my support system. Um, behind the scenes, I'm sure I will share about it, you know, eventually on the podcast, but I'll, I'll just say for now, I've been going through some big changes in my life and some of it's been kind of difficult and I just feel so fucking lucky like mm -hmm. grateful and appreciative of having of the friends in my life and, and the friends that I have and friends are a big fucking deal like yeah. like friendship I think is a really big deal like a support system is a really big deal and I think it's this weird combination of like you know we've talked about how it's just changed now because whether it was COVID or just having moved a lot or also just being older, a lot of my friends are kind of like dispersed all over the place. I do have some really good friends here in Portland, which is also really nice, but, but I don't know. It, at the same time, people have come through and I, I feel, I don't feel, I feel, I don't feel alone. I feel like I have, I don't know when you're going through hard things. I think like I have just friendship is, mm. I think really needed and yeah. so I think that's why it's important to like continue to invest in your friendships even when things aren't hard right because like then when I guess it's kind of how I feel like I just feel grateful that I've um I that I have these friendships I think as a result of just being mm. intentional so I feel really that's that's something that's bringing me joy mm. yeah no, and I love you, I love you. <laughs> Kylie I love you guys too but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jump in. That in there. yeah. <laughs> love you too Federico group hug, yes, group yeah. Yeah. um so what's bringing me joy is that yesterday was the inaugural kickoff for infinite so if you've been following along on my social media and you saw my cool witchy photos from the red rocks of new mexico liz simpson uh who who even mentioned earlier and i um you know we host our retreats together we do magic circle every month and we have a a group course course isn't the right word but a program initiation called infinite and it's um it's really burst out of like we call the beginning of our friendship when we like crashed crashing into each other and um essentially this series of like knowings and activations of how um how to be uh, how to be someone who makes friends with their monsters and their shadows mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the program is sort of these 10 core concepts that we have lived by that have been our, like, you know, baton that we pass back and forth to each other. Um, and yesterday was the first like group call. Um, and it was so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so amazing. The people who are in this container are just like, oh, they just, I don't really have words. They're just, each one of them are truly a remarkable human being. And um, it feels really, really special because of anything that I've ever made, like it's literally like, you know, come straight from my heart and straight from my belly and straight from my own um, way of moving through the world. And, um, and watching people then like make it their own um, and add their layer of nuance to it just feels like really, really tremendous. So I am grateful to have fucking cool partners that I get to make things with like you and Liz. And I'm grateful to like watch this thing that I've birthed now begin to grow and take shape. Hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's this beautiful, vulnerable, exciting process that I think now you've reached this part where like, yeah, you get to see you get to like harvest the fruits of your labor. <laughs> yeah. And like in the joy, it's like, yeah. And the joy of like, uh, yeah. Just of watching other people. Yeah. Passing on, yeah. Passing on your experience and passing that baton actually to other people. Like there's something really gratifying about that. And, and I think too, this is what I'm having trouble about asking, but like their wisdom then becomes part of it. Right. So mm. then it begins to be something that's bigger than you, right. It like lives outside of you and then it becomes bigger and their wisdom gets rolled up into it. And uh, that is also really humbling and yeah. cool to watch. And you're only on week one, baby. And we're only on week one. <laughs> so let's see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's just more to come. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Um, Federico, is there, uh, so you shared your website. Is there any other way that people can find you or other ways people can work with you? Um, you know, in the remote chance, actually, you know what, there's one person that contacted me on hopefordisonia.com that heard, um, our first episode. Um, so I guess there might be someone who is struggling with a neurological disorder. So if that's you, hopefordisonia.com for everybody else, federicopetrelli.com. Um, and you know, one of these days I'll start a YouTube channel. Um, hasn't happened yet, but I think uh, you'd be so fit for one. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, I can return the favor and have you guys on, um, would love it. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Federico. This was amazing. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to connect with you guys. And it feels, you know, talking about alignment, um, this is in such beautiful alignment. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.